0: The Free For All Roundtable.
1: Round two. On round two, John Burnside is here, Toronto City Councillor and Chair of the CTC. Pamela Palmer is a lawyer, professor and activist. News Talk 1010's Adjoa Nsia Yubwa is here as well. Hard to know where to start because a lot of things have actually happened on the show this morning. I don't know if people have any thoughts on uh, Kevin Bong. He had an appearance at 720 this morning to talk about the fact that he says he was briefed by CSIS, that there was some Chinese interference in his election in 2021. Uh, but Pamela Palminter, his suggestion is that this whole thing that blew up just days before the vote, where it was revealed there had been an allegation of inappropriate sexual touching that was ultimately withdrawn, he's saying that that was some sort of a honey honeypot trap and that that is a curious allegation to say the least.
2: Basically with those kinds of things you, you kind of have to reserve judgment until you have all of the facts though i i should say that um the vast majority of sexual assault and sexual harassment claims are based on fact and uh, many of them are often withdrawn because they don't want the publicity or they're being harassed by staff of politicians and things like that. So um, I don't think it's as gone as he thinks it is.
1: Okay, John Burnside, I know you didn't hear the interview itself, but there's a Jean-Luc aspect to this that I find interesting. Yeah, I mean... I just
3: find it—he's the whole thing very bizarre. He, um, there's no question that he admitted to the allegations, and I actually think the whole story itself was ridiculous because he, his behavior actually wasn't as bad, in my opinion, as would have, which would have warranted um, resigning from the Liberal Party or being kicked out. Um, but I don't know. I think he's just bringing, put more fuel to the fire and maybe just getting prepared to try to get back in
1: the uh, party for the next election. Yeah, I don't see the party welcoming him back, actually, Adwin sia because he's actually been quite vocally critical of the Liberals. So I think his association with that party is, is done, and I'm not sure what's going to happen in the next election cycle.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's just going to continue to run as an independent. I don't know what party is going to try to accept him because he, as Pamela said, he did... Plead guilty to this, so I'm not too sure what he's doing. It's really, really bizarre. No, actually, again... he didn't
1: plead guilty to the best of my oh, knowledge. The charges were withdrawn ultimately. Withdrawn. Ch- yeah. Sorry, crown sorry, didn't sorry. go sorry. ahead. Yeah. Yes,
0: that's what I meant. Sorry, the charges were withdrawn. So, I, I just I'm not too sure what his his agenda is. It is it is pretty bizarre. So I guess we just have to wait and see if anything comes out in the wash. If any of this is real or fiction.
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be a pretty quick uh, cycle and recycle. And I imagine, given how leaky CSIS is, we're going to learn more about whether or not this is all true. Uh, more cuts coming to the TTC. John Burnside, you chair the commission. Um, I think death spiral is a bit much. Uh, definitely over the top and not appropriate, in my opinion. Uh, look, uh,
3: we have to make the the best decision from a bunch of bad choices. If we wanted to restore service levels to 100%, it would be $75 million a year, which is a two-percentile increase, or taking it from somewhere else. At the end of the day, our service levels are 91% pre-COVID. Our actual ridership is 70%. So we're over capacity, uh, and I would argue that you know a lot of this these um, changes are about line one, where people are waiting uh, four minutes instead of three. I would ar- during rush hour. I would argue that it's probably faster now because no one is missing a train because of overcrowding. Yeah. Right. And I think that was the biggest complaint. We're constantly monitoring routes to see if there is overcrowding and we'll, we'll add capacity. We're trying to match capacity to demand. And I think that's what is expected of us. And if someone's saying, oh, I'm not going to ride the TTC now because I have to wait an extra like I have to wait four
1: minutes instead of three. I say nonsense. What would be your response to, we heard from an operator this morning who said half of the capacity issues are the fact that people aren't actually paying to get onto the TTC. They're fair jumpers, which means there are more people there. They're just not paying.
3: Well, that's a huge issue, and I think that also comes into the whole disorder that's on the system right now that we need to address and we are addressing, whether it's people who aren't paying their fares or people that are sleeping at entrances or doing drugs at entrances. It's a bigger picture, and we are addressing that. Uh, but 100%, um, we need to really understand how many people are on uh, the system. That said, my knowledge is that there's no
1: one waiting because of it's um, at capacity. Adwa, you're our specialist in how people get around, and mm-hmm. I, I know that people who are obsessed with transit will, you know, regard any service cuts as catastrophic. But at the same time, if I have to wait an extra sixty seconds for the subway, I'm still getting downtown.
0: You are, you are, but things, a lot of things have changed in the past couple of years since COVID and, and people feeling unsafe on the subway system. So I understand why they have to engage in cuts, but uh, that's going to be for people that can make choices to use a car or a different way to get into the city. People that need to use TTC, they're not going to have a choice. So I don't know if you're going to continue to force people to take it, but cutting it, I, I don't know. And death, death spiral does sound dire, but uh, when you think about it, if you keep cutting, what's going to happen? Uh, you're going to have to keep cutting. And if we don't have funding and we don't prioritize, prioritize TTC uh, within our city, uh, it, it is it is not a good thing. Because the people that are going to suffer, it's going to be the people at the lowest end of the spectrum. People that have money are going to find alternatives to make their way into the city.
1: Okay, well, and, and Pamela, to sort of springboard from what Adjua just said, it is arguable that an awful lot of the decision makers when it comes to public transit don't actually use it.
2: Yeah, and that says a lot with changing circumstances in society. Keep in mind, it's not just about what time you get to work. Uh, In a post-COVID or continuing COVID way of life, uh, people actually don't want to be too crowded, don't want to stand too close to other people. So there's those kinds of considerations. Um, and, And whether you have multiple routes or... Uh, A small number of routes will impact that. And anything that's late at night, anything after dark, um, I mean, that's a huge concern for many women and women with children in terms of their safety and how soon they can access transit. So there's a lot more considerations in public transit than just uh, doing an analysis of, of ridership. There's the whole social component.
1: Um, The federal liberals are redesigning the passport, and if this sounds like a familiar story, it's because the conservatives redesigned the passport. Um, Adjua, I have to think there are more pressing issues than coming up with all the symbols that are supposed to encapsulate this country and then putting them into a a book that nobody reads.
0: I agree. I also think it's a money waste. It's unnecessary. Nobody was uh, crying at the ballot box for the change to what the passport looked like. I just... It just feels like just they want to just put their name on it. I don't care what party, whether you're left or right, it doesn't matter. Um, this is just, to me, seems like a money waste and for them to put their name along on a long-lasting document. Yeah.
1: Well, and Pamela, it seems it's almost a branding thing. The conservatives wanted to be more robust. They wanted to pay tribute to Vimy Ridge, for example, uh, but they also put some Haida imagery into the passport, uh, but apparently it's not good enough for the Liberals.
2: Well, when you think about it, I mean, images and symbols say something to your citizenship when you're from a country. And the, you know, the, the former conservators were very hardcore law and order, very hefty on the guy scenario. So you think fathers of confederation the majority of men fighting at Vimy Ridge, the RCMP, which has now become a Royal Canadian Mounted Disgrace, and then all of the um, scandals around uh, hockey and things like that, it it might not hurt to shake up Canada's symbols and and have a time for a change.
1: Yeah, okay, well, John, what a, just put a maple leaf on every page. Who cares? Well,
3: yeah, sure. Um, but uh, first of all, I would say that we're actually putting the Stanley Cup uh, on the uh, the new passport, apparently, so really? we're not. Yeah. We got to win it first. Well, yeah, <laughs> but the point is, we're not getting rid of all hockey imagery. So I just want to go there. Um, but I don't really. It's to me, it's a non-story at this point. If they were to change it to liberal red, that's
1: a story. They there was they, some talk, right? About it. And frankly, were, that's for diplomatic passports. Uh, thank you very much. That's it. That's right. all.
3: I mean, I I already hate the fact that we uh, drive on the highway and the Minister of Transportation's names there. I hate that we. name... Parks after politicians who are paid to do a job. So um, this gets gets
1: raises my ire a little bit,
3: but not enough to really worry about
1: it. Pamela Palmater, I haven't spent an awful lot of time on this inquiry into Chinese interference and the Trudeau Foundation, mostly because I have never encountered a single person on the street who says, you know, I've been following these hearings or this scandal is urgently important to me. And I thought yesterday was going to be extraordinarily colorful because the prime minister's brother was testifying. And even that doesn't seem to have lit a fire. Maybe I'm covering for the prime minister. I don't know. What do you say?
2: No, I don't think you are. I think if you polled 100 people, 100 people would say, what? What are you talking about? Uh, and and keep in mind, this is a separate legal entity over which Justin Trudeau has no control, even if he wanted to. So it's, it's much ado about nothing. And I think it's still much ado about nothing since the last time we talked about it. Uh,
1: John Burnside, your
3: thoughts? Yeah, I mean, sure, it's much ado about nothing, but um, there is something there. I think it's it's not just a single event; it's a totality of events. So what's going on in various ridings, uh, potentially at the Found uh, Liberal, uh, sorry, the Trudeau Foundation. My big thing is, I don't really take solace from uh, Alexandra Trudeau's testimony. Um, You know, I have to say that I don't think he's uh, well-versed in espionage or anything like that. I'm going to put my money on the Chinese and it's what you don't see as opposed to what you do see.
1: Well, we may learn more because we just were notified by the Vashi Capellos show that they have uh, landed an exclusive interview with Morris Rosenberg. He's the former president and CEO of the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation. He will be appearing on her show today, so maybe the fire gets started there, Um, just clicking because. because I had to Process that, and uh, not a lot of time left on the clock. Perhaps we can talk about dead raccoons. Uh, how much John Burnside is too long for a dead raccoon on the sidewalk?
3: Well, in the summer, I would say about a day is too long because they they rot and smell pretty quickly. I mean, I'm not f- necessarily fired up about the, the time at this point. I think it's the bigger picture of what's going on in this city: uh, garbage Stuff ain't overflowing, getting done. graffiti, right, dirty streets, all those things. It's just back to my word of the day: totality so this story in of itself not a huge issue in my opinion in the spring but it's a bigger issue that we really must address
1: it is a curious aspect of our city Adjua, that uh, raccoons become famous in the afterlife
0: <laughs> it was it was the uh, the raccoon watch for me that was uh day by day, her watching to see if that raccoon is going to get picked up. Yeah, that two weeks seems like a very long time before you pick up a raccoon. And again, in the hot sun, two weeks would be a nightmare.
1: All right. Well, that's a nauseating note to end on, but there we are. Uh, Thank you all. My thanks to Pamela Palmater, Adwoa, and Sia Yabwa, John Burnside. Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845.
2: Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.